We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all of these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. And away we go, episode 171 of the Al Galdi podcast. It is Thursday, October 21st, 2021, the day after the start of a shakeup for the Washington football team. You know, Ron Rivera, at his day after the game Zoom press conference on Monday, said, quote, maybe I need to change my approach, end quote. Well, the changing of the approach apparently began on Wednesday. The shakeup began on Wednesday. Dustin Hopkins gone. He got released. Chris Blewett is Washington's new kicker. He got signed from the practice squad to the active roster. And then later in the day, Ron at his post-practice press conference came correct on Landon Collins saying, quote, we really believe he's a downhill player, end quote. Didn't quite say that Landon is making the switch to linebacker, but that may well be what's happening now. Things are a-changing for our 2-4 and Washington football team. Are these changes enough? Will these changes make any meaningful impact? Who knows? But the shakeup has begun. Because it's time to shake things up around here. Yes, as Vince McMahon said, it's time to shake things up around here. Hello and welcome to a Thursday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. Boy, do we have a lot to get into with our Washington football team. And this time, it's all about football, thankfully. Uh, Next segment, I'll go in-depth on Washington releasing Dustin Hopkins and now going with Chris Blewett 
as the kicker. Uh, This was surprising for several reasons. This is significant for obvious reasons, including this. Hopkins was Washington's kicker forever. It has been a minute since Washington had as its primary kicker a kicker not named Dustin Hopkins. I'll give you the fact-based truth about Hopkins as a Washington kicker and much more. I will talk Washington offense. It remains extremely banged up going into this Sunday afternoon's game at the Green Bay Packers at 1. Wednesday's Washington injury report was frighteningly long. Uh, Also do a lot on Taylor Heineke. He spoke on Wednesday via post-practice press conference, talked about the meaning of this Sunday's game at the Packers, given that he grew up as a Packers fan. His late dad was a Packers fan. Uh, Taylor Heineke also opened up about his recent struggles. So Heineke said a lot of good stuff on Wednesday. We'll get into all of it. And I'll give you a segment on Washington's defense, including, yes, this Landon Collins development. Very notable comments from Ron Rivera on Landon at Ron's post-practice press conference on Wednesday. But the thing that I'm wondering about more than anything is, uh, what the heck took so long? That aspect of this just drives me nuts. Also, the Wizards. The damn Washington Wizards. Yes, Stephen A., the Wizards, they were outstanding defensively in their regular season opener. A 98-83 win at the Toronto Raptors on Wednesday night. Could it be, might it be, that Wes Unsell Jr. is the head coach who gets the Wizards to finally, mercifully, be good defensively? Time will tell, but really nice job by the Wizards will post-game the victory later in the show. By the way, how about the Tua Tungavailoa stuff that caught fire late Wednesday afternoon, and then just like that, the fire was out. This was something else. So the on-again, off-again talk of the Miami Dolphins trading for Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson is back on, and so the on-again, off-again thing of Washington then trading with the Dolphins for Tua was back on. The reporting from the local reporters ended up being that there's nothing to this. And I mean, the local reporters really stomped this out saying this is not happening. There's no truth to this. Washington getting in on this Dolphins-Texan scenario and making a play to trade for Tua Tungavailoa. I would just say this. I wanted nothing to do with Tua with the number two pick in the 2020 NFL draft due to Tua's injury history, okay? It has been one ailment after another with this guy. You cannot trust him to stay healthy. And we now know he has been very underwhelming so far as an NFL quarterback. All of that said, I would do a deal for Tua so long as the deal didn't involve a first round pick. And I really would want to avoid giving up a second round pick. I could maybe be talked into giving up a second round pick. But to me, this is one of those deals you make if you can get the guy at a true low value point. Uh, But look, until you have a franchise quarterback, you keep swinging for a franchise quarterback and buying low on a guy as talented as Tua would be a shrewd move. So I would be in favor of that, but no way would I give up a first round pick. And I would not love giving up a second round pick either. You know, he has not been good so far in his NFL career, but he does have talent and he has only played in 13 NFL regular season games. So the sample size really isn't that large. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from Jack L on Ron Rivera and the Washington football team. Writes Jack, in listening to Ron Rivera's postgame and weekday press conferences, to me, it is clear that Ron Rivera has no passion, fight, or fire for the WFT. My guess, and this is just my guess, with absolutely nothing to back it up, is that somewhere along the way, Dan Snyder broke his promise to Rivera that he, Rivera, has final say on all football-related matters. My guess is that this will be Rivera's last year, as it appears to me he is letting the string play out, and either he will resign, citing health reasons, true or not, and hopefully not, or He and Snyder will come to some form of settlement, which allows Rivera to leave with financial benefits. As for this year, my next guess is that the WFT is on a train ride to Zornville. Your podcasts are the best. (laughs) Well, thank you, Jack. And please, not Zornville. You know, they all get involved and they all got their gear already. And so they're going to be all colored up in, uh, in the maroon and black and yellow. 
Yes, as Jim Zorn said at his introductory press conference as Washington head coach, Washington's colors are maroon, black, and yellow. Never forget that. Forget about this burgundy and gold stuff. Our colors are maroon, black, and yellow. Don't forget uh, the yellow. All right, so that email from Jack was just among the latest emails that I have received very down on Ron Rivera as Washington head coach. I have been reading to you emails asking about Ron's job security, emails saying that Ron's not the guy for the job of Washington head coach. And so with that as a backdrop, I offer to you this email from Robert Krakauer. Writes Robert, Goldie, wow, armed with the knowledge of the impatience and irrational thinking of sports fans, I am still surprised at some of the emails you read. To be down on Rivera now, after fewer than 25 regular season games as head coach, is embarrassing. Are people not familiar with the track record of this team for the past two decades? Do people not realize the challenge that he is undertaking? He is at the head of a sinking ship, a nameless sinking ship, I might add, and trying to resurrect it from the dead to make it functional. At this point, that would be an achievement because it was defunct when he boarded it. Anyone who is contemplating his job status is delusional. Could turning this abomination of a team around be any more difficult? I'm genuinely asking. I'm not sure it could be. I understand why you read those people's emails on the air. I assume you received many along the same vein you did not read, and it reflects your audience, if nothing else, but they are fools. Hopefully, they are never in a position of undertaking a monumental task with a moron boss making their job even harder. I stand by Rivera and have total confidence and his coaching ability and judgment. This is not out of loyalty because he does not have my loyalty. It is out of pure self-interest because I believe that he is capable of building a champion and has not had sufficient time to do so. I am simply appalled at the short-sightedness of adults. I hope this is not the only email you receive defending Rivera. Yours disgusted, Robert Krakauer. Uh, I tell you, Robert, your email is the only email that I have read this week defending Ron Rivera, or at least standing up for Ron in some significant way. You know, we are a very damaged fan base. Daddy left us years ago. Mommy has been with many other daddies since then, and each daddy ends up not working out and leaving. And now our latest daddy, off an encouraging start, is having problems. And so you have people already turning on this daddy, not out of rational, sober thought, but as a defense mechanism, as a means of protecting themselves from being hurt again. This daddy can't hurt me if I turn on him before he turns on us. Who is your daddy and what does he do? Yes, Arnold, who is our daddy and what does he do? Uh, Now, personally, am I ready to fire Ron Rivera? Heck no. Am I ready to say that the era of Don Ron Is it going to work out? Heck no. I don't love what we're seeing right now, but it's too early to say with any kind of certainty that Ron as Washington head coach in the coach-centric approach is a flop. Maybe it ends up being a flop, but you can't be certain of that now. And keep this in mind. Don't forget this. Ron traditionally does his best work in November and December. Ron Rivera as Carolina Panthers head coach went 44 and 30. In November slash December slash January regular season games, including a ridiculous 41 and 19 over his first seven years, Ron's Panthers teams routinely played their best late in seasons. Washington last season in Don Ron's first season as Washington head coach went five and four in November slash December slash January regular season games. So Ron is a head coach is 49 and 34 in November slash December slash January regular season games. 15 games above 500. Let's see what November and December end up bringing us this season. Let's just see. Well, something you always want to see is your lawn looking great. You worked hard to buy your house. You deserve a lawn that looks great. If you don't have the time or the knowledge to make your lawn look great, call Weedman. If you're not satisfied with who is currently caring for your lawn, make the switch to Weedman, which is offering a great deal to listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Weedman provides what your lawn needs to look great. Fertilization, weed control, aeration, seeding, and a variety of other services. Weedman is a national network of locally owned franchises. So 
You'll receive the personal service that you deserve. Weedman answers your phone calls and emails promptly. Weedman does what it says it's going to do. When you call Weedman, you're speaking to someone in an office in your area, not someone somewhere thousands of miles away, and you're not waiting for 30 minutes to speak to that someone. Weedman uses superior products that really improve your soil. Weedman only treats what needs to be treated, but does not cut corners. And Weedman's products are of the highest quality. Stop worrying about your lawn and start letting Weedman take care of your lawn. Now, a beautiful spring lawn starts now in the fall. And so Weedman is offering something special to listeners of the Al Galdi podcast, a fall tune-up at a great price. An aeration and two fall fertilization services for just $209. That's about $100 off the usual price for those services. That price is a steal. That price applies to lawns of up to 6,000 square feet. So here's what you do. Call 571-340-3400. When you call, make sure that you mention the Al Galdi podcast so you get the special deal. Again, an aeration and two fall fertilization services for just $209. Again, about $100 off the usual price for those services. That phone number again, 571-340-3400. And make sure that you mention the Al Galdi podcast so you get that special deal. You can also Google Weedman and make a web request. Just make sure that you mention the Al Galdi podcast. Weedman, a great lawn at a great price with great personal service. Well, we on Wednesday morning had Washington football team news that to me was stunning. And the news was stunning not because the news itself was totally unwarranted. The news was stunning because of the way that things had been handled by Ron Rivera and the way that Ron Rivera had been speaking. Washington on Wednesday morning released Dustin Hopkins and signed Chris Blewett from the practice squad to the active roster. Yes, D-Hop is gone. D-Hop will no longer be delivering. Hopkins delivers. No, Hopkins does not deliver. Not here. Uh, not anymore. Rod Rivera at his post-practice press conference on Wednesday on why he released Dustin Hopkins. Well, just felt that uh, needed to do something. Uh, going forward, and I uh, really appreciate everything Dustin has done for us. You know, he's a solid football player. We'll get an opportunity to play again. Um, but just felt, you know, at this time, it was uh, something that uh, I felt we had to do going forward. And, uh, you know, this was my move, my decision, and I'll live with it. Yes, you will. What's so funny is that it was just two weeks earlier, Wednesday, October 6th, that Ron Rivera at a post-practice press conference gave what I thought were his best and most honest answers about why he had stuck with Dustin Hopkins. Ron talked about there not being that many other good kickers out there, talked about how you have to stick with a kicker, as Ron did with former Washington kicker Graham Gano during Ron's time as Carolina Panthers head coach. Well, all of that was two weeks ago, and two weeks later, Ron cuts Dustin Hopkins. Remember, Ron, at his day after the game Zoom press conference on Monday, said, quote, maybe I need to change my approach, end quote. Uh, that seemed to be about the defense. Uh, maybe that was about more than the defense. What was the breaking point for Dustin Hopkins? More from Ron on Wednesday. Well, I just think, you know, going into uh, week seven, after having gone through, you know, the, the first six, that uh, it was time. You know, there were a couple opportunities that, uh, you know, that, that, we had uh, opportunities to score, and we didn't. And, um, you know, you'd like, to, you'd like to be more consistent that way. Yes, you do. So Dustin Hopkins in the 31-13 loss to the Kansas City Chiefs at FedEx Field on Sunday afternoon went 2-3 on field goals in what ended up being his final game as a Washington kicker. Hopkins connected on a first quarter 50-yard field goal that cut Washington's deficit to 7-3. Hopkins connected on a second quarter 43-yard field goal that cut Washington's deficit to 10-6. But Hopkins missed a 42-yard field goal attempt in the third quarter with Washington nursing a 13-10 lead. He was wide left. And Ron, during his postgame press conference, essentially referenced that miss as a turning point in the game, uh, Washington on Tuesday signed Chris Blewett to the practice squad for the second time this season as he had been on Washington's practice squad earlier this month from October 5th to October 13th. The initial thinking on Washington bringing Chris Blewett back to the practice squad 
was that he was back to serve as like insurance for Dustin Hopkins getting injured. I don't think anybody was taking Blewett's presence on the practice squad as anything beyond insurance. Because again, we had just danced this dance of Blewett being on the practice squad. And also remember, Washington had had another kicker, Eddie Pinheiro, on the practice squad in September. Uh, Eddie Pinheiro was on the practice squad from September 3rd to September 11th. Well, then we get what we got on Wednesday. Washington on Wednesday morning, stunningly releasing Dustin Hopkins and signing Chris Blewett from the practice squad to the active roster. Also on Wednesday morning, by the way, was Washington signing receiver Kelvin Harmon back to the practice squad off on Tuesday, having released Harmon from the practice squad. Make no mistake, Ron Rivera releasing Dustin Hopkins in favor of Chris Blewett is a shocker. I always love it when people in the media are like, well, I'm not surprised. Like, yeah, you are. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, you are. And everyone is surprised by this. I don't care what anyone says. Everyone is surprised by this. And again, it's not so much about releasing Dustin Hopkins because we all know about his struggles. It's about how Ron had stood by Hopkins, right? Ron Rivera releasing Dustin Hopkins in favor of Chris Blewett is a shocker given how loyal Ron had been to Hopkins, including not even bringing in any competition for Hopkins at 2021 Washington training camp, despite Ron having preached competition. Keep in mind, too, that Washington, this past March 17th, the first day of the NFL's new league year, officially announced the re-signing of Hopkins as an unrestricted free agent, and he got a nice contract, a one-year $2.46 million deal. Also, Ron Rivera releasing Dustin Hopkins in favor of Chris Blewett is a shocker, given Blewett's lack of NFL experience and really lack of collegiate success. Understand, Chris Blewett has never kicked in an NFL regular season game. Like, say what you want about Dustin Hopkins' track record, but Chris Blewett has no NFL track record. He has never kicked in an NFL regular season game. Blewett was with the Chicago Bears from March 2019 to June 2019. Blewett participated in the Pittsburgh Steelers rookie minicamp in 2017 on a tryout basis, and that's about it. And it's not like this guy was lights out in college. Chris Blewett was a kicker at Pitt from 2013 through 2016. He, over his final two seasons at Pitt, 2015 and 2016, went just 25 of 40 on field goals. And I get it. Pitt plays in some bad weather, but still, just 25 of 40 on field goals over his final two collegiate seasons. Ron Rivera on Wednesday on Chris Blewett. Yeah, there's not a lot of guys out there with a lot of experience right now. Um, and, and we had brought Chris in before, uh, and Chris in, in did the same thing in, in, in the workout he did before. You know, he, he, I think he only missed one, um, and uh, it, was, uh, it was over a 50-yarder, I think, at both of his uh, trials that he had. Um, that's, how, that's how consistent he was. Uh, he kicks the ball off relatively deep. It, it, uh, he, had a, uh, he kicked one yesterday into the wind. We didn't have him kick with the wind. We had him kick into the wind. He kicked one into the wind uh, that had about four and a half second hang time and was about seven yards deep. So we know he's got a strong leg for kickoff. So we, we felt pretty good about that. You know, and again, as I said, that was, you know, it was my decision and, you know, I own that. Blewett is a local. Uh, he's from Northern Virginia, went to West Potomac High School in Alexandria. Look, nobody should be shedding tears that Dustin Hopkins is gone. Nice guy, nothing personal, but he was a mediocre kicker for Washington. Dustin Hopkins 2021 stats with Washington are misleading. Dustin Hopkins through week six, yes, is 12 of 14 on field goals this season. But if you've been paying attention, you know that that doesn't tell the entire story. Hopkins in Washington's 30-29 walk-off win over the New York Giants at FedEx Field on Thursday Night Football in Week 2. Missed a 48-yard field goal attempt to win the game as time expired in the fourth quarter, but the miss ended up not counting because interior defensive lineman Dexter Lawrence committed that five-yard offside penalty, and Hopkins, to his credit, did then connect on a game-winning 43-yard field goal on the final snap in the fourth quarter for a 30-29 win. Uh, Hopkins and Washington's other win this season, the 34-30 victory at the Atlanta Falcons in week four, missed two extra point attempts. And don't forget about this, Ron Rivera in Washington's 33-22 loss to the New Orleans Saints at FedEx Field in week five did not have Hopkins attempt a 53-yard field goal on Washington's fifth offensive drive, which resulted in a second quarter turnover on downs. Instead of attempting a 53-yard field goal for a 16-13 lead, Ron Rivera on a fourth and 10 
at the Saints 35, went for it, and the result was a Taylor Heineke shotgun incompletion on a pass that Terry McLaurin actually caught, but out of bounds. And Ron, during his postgame press conference, said that he went for it because of the, quote, crosswind, end quote. Ron did not trust Dustin Hopkins on a 53-yard field goal try into, yes, the crosswind. Uh, in today's NFL, if you have a kicker who you can't lean on in a spot like that, that's a problem. And Ron very clearly was not comfortable in leaning on Hopkins in that spot, right? I mean, Dustin Hopkins supposedly has a strong leg, and yet Ron did not trust Hopkins on a 53-yard field goal attempt into, yes, the crosswind. Make no mistake, Dustin Hopkins was a mediocre kicker for Washington. I talked about this going into the season. Washington initially signed Hopkins in September 2015. He had been Washington's kicker ever since. Overall NFL regular season field goal percentage from 2015 through 2020 was 85.2. Hopkins was 83.9. Overall NFL regular season field goal percentage on field goal attempts of at least 40 yards from 2015 through 2020 was 75.9. Hopkins was 72.1. Now, I'll concede I'm not adjusting here for kicking indoors versus kicking outdoors. This is just kind of a basic exercise to go through. But what the basic exercise reveals is Dustin Hopkins, quantifiably, was below league average, okay? He was not special as a kicker over his six-plus seasons as a Washington kicker. Look at last season. Dustin Hopkins in the 2020 regular season dealt with a right groin injury, dealt with struggles, still was Washington's kicker for all 17 games. He got off to a really bad start. He missed one kick, a field goal attempt, or an extra point attempt in seven of Washington's first 10 games in the 2020 season. Yet Hopkins in the 30-27 loss at the Detroit Lions in week 10 of last season with a first quarter 38-yard field goal and a clutch game-tying 41-yard field goal with 16 seconds left in the fourth quarter, but also with a missed 43-yard field goal attempt in the second quarter. And Ron Rivera during his Zoom press conference the day after the game said that the team was, quote, talking about and discussing, end quote, replacing Hopkins. Now, Ron stuck with Hopkins and that paid off. Hopkins got better as the season went on. He over Washington's final six games of the 2020 regular season, went 13 of 14 on field goals off over the first 10 games, having gone just 14 of 20 on field goals. So he ended the 2020 regular season kicking well, but still no Washington fan truly felt great about Dustin Hopkins as a team's kicker. He bizarrely wasn't challenged at all during training camp. And then we got what we got this season. For the record, my biggest thing with Dustin Hopkins was not that Washington absolutely had to cut him. I always got that you could do worse than Hopkins is your kicker. My biggest thing with Hopkins was the lack of competition for him. I never understood Washington's extreme loyalty to this guy. You know, like at least challenge the guy because his numbers screamed that he deserved to be challenged. And yet Washington rarely did challenge Hopkins during his tenure with the team. You know, Dustin Hopkins was like a Supreme Court justice. And he just was there for life. And nobody could do anything about it, it seemed. It's amazing how long Dustin Hopkins lasted as Washington's kicker. Washington originally signed Dustin Hopkins in September 2015 as the corresponding roster move to cutting fellow kicker Kai Forbath, Cobra Kai, uh, just days after the 17-10 loss to the Miami Dolphins at FedEx Field in week one of that season. Dustin Hopkins, again, had been Washington's kicker since September 2015. Think about all that has changed with Washington since September 2015, and yet Hopkins had been Washington's kicker throughout. Again, six-plus seasons. I mean, for comparison's sake, Chip Miller was Washington's kicker for seven seasons, 1988 through 1994. Uh, Mark Mosley was Washington's kicker for 12 and a half seasons, 1974 to the middle of the 1986 season. So Mosley is the gold standard. But I know for a lot of us, including myself, Chip Miller was the kicker of our youth. And Dustin Hopkins lasted for nearly as long as Chip Miller. And I would venture to say most longtime Washington fans think about Chip Miller very differently than those fans think about it. Dustin Hopkins. So yeah, man, I mean, six plus seasons for Hopkins as Washington's kicker, despite struggling in the 2016 season, despite missing eight games in the 2017 season due to a right hip injury. I mean, don't forget, Dustin Hopkins had some big missed field goal attempts in that 2016 season. No miss bigger 
than what happened on Halloween weekend 2016, October 30th, 2016, the 27-all tie with the Cincinnati Bengals at London Hopkins, missing a 34-yard field goal attempt in overtime. Just a killer. Hopkins in the 2017 season missed eight games due to that right hip injury. His replacement, Nick Rose, did a nice job, went 10 of 11 on field goals, including nailing a 55-yard field goal with a buck 14 left in the fourth quarter of a 38-30 loss to the Minnesota Vikings at FedEx Field in week 11 of that 2017 season. But Hopkins ended up getting his job back. Uh, He was excellent on kickoffs for Washington. I give Hopkins credit for that. He routinely had a touchback percentage well above the league average. But, you know, kickoffs only go so far, and touchbacks aren't everything on kickoffs. Some teams rather that your kickoffs go to, like, inside the five as opposed to going through the end zone. And so now the Chris Blewett era begins. He is Washington's new kicker, and his last name is Blewett. You blew it! Yes, Blewett. Chris Blewett is his name. This really is one of the all-time turnarounds from a Washington head coach on a player. From extreme and inexplicable loyalty to cutting the guy for someone who has never played in an NFL regular season game and has been out of college for years. You know, this isn't some undrafted free agent who was in college last season. This is a guy who last kicked collegiately in 2016. A lot has changed since 2016. This is a gamble by Riverboat Ron. We'll see if it pays off. Well, it pays off to have Paulson and Nace representing you. We always hope that things are going great in your life, but we know that it's not always the case that things are going great in your life. Bad things happen, and a law firm that is ready to represent you if you've been wronged is Paulson and Nace. Paulson and Nace handles complex personal injury, medical negligence, and wrongful death cases. The services of Paulson and Nace are available in D.C., Maryland, and West Virginia. Paulson and Nace is a family law firm. The Naces are DMV through and through, big Washington football team fans. Paulson and Nace has decades of experience trying cases to jury verdicts and fighting for those injured through no fault of their own. Barry Nace and Chris Nace are both past presidents of the D.C. Trial Lawyers. Matt Nace is a member of the board of the D.C. Trial Lawyers and has just tried two cases in D.C. Look, I've known the Naces for 25 plus years. These are good people, smart people who are excellent at what they do. Paulson and Nace has recovered millions of dollars for the sick and injured. It's very simple. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. If you feel as if you've been wronged, if you have a complex personal injury, medical negligence, or wrongful death case, or you think that you may have one but aren't sure, call Paulson and Nace and schedule a no-obligation appointment. You can call Paulson and Nace at 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. When you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Make sure that you let them know, hey, heard about you guys on the Al Galdi podcast. Here's what I got going on. Schedule a no-obligation appointment by calling 202-902-7611. Paulson and Nace, when tragedy happens, let their family take care of yours. All right, so we on Wednesday with the 2-4 and four Washington football team had the Dustin Hopkins news, and we had the start of Washington's practice week for Sunday afternoon's game at the 5-1 Green Bay Packers at 1. And Washington's injury report was a lengthy one, especially regarding the offense. Eight Washington players did not practice on Wednesday. All eight of those players, offensive players. Terry McLaurin did not practice on Wednesday due to his hamstring. Now, Terry, of course, played in the 31-13 loss to the Kansas City Chiefs at FedEx Field last Sunday afternoon, but Terry was not at his best, and I don't know if that was the hamstring or if this was just an off game, but Terry had just four receptions for 28 yards on eight targets. He had a drop. He had another catch that could have been made but wasn't. uh, Did play on 95% of Washington's offensive snaps. Curtis Samuel, did not practice on Wednesday. I know, shock face due to his groin, uh, which had him inactive for the loss to the Chiefs. Uh, Cam Sims did not practice on Wednesday due to his hamstring, which has had him inactive for each of the last two games. Antonio Gibson did not practice on Wednesday due to his shin. Ricky Seals-Jones 
did not practice on Wednesday due to a quad. Samuel Cosme did not practice on Wednesday due to his ankle, which had him inactive for the loss of the Chiefs. And Brandon Sheriff did not practice on Wednesday due to his knee, which has had him inactive for each of the last two games. Also, Charles Leno Jr. did not practice on Wednesday, though this was due to rest. And Diami Brown was limited in practice on Wednesday due to his knee. He did play in the loss of the Chiefs, returned from a one-game absence, had three receptions for 30 yards on six targets, and playing on 80% of Washington's offensive snaps. For the Packers, two key defensive players did not practice on Wednesday. Edge rusher Preston Smith, our old pal, uh, he did not practice on Wednesday due to an oblique. And safety in Maryland product Darnell Savage did not practice on Wednesday due to a concussion. But yeah, Washington's offense is not in a good way right now in terms of injury. And Washington's starting quarterback, Taylor Heineke, is coming off having struggled in each of the last two games and in three of the last four games. Now, some of you may already know this, but in case you don't, Heineke grew up as a big Packers fan. Why? His dad, Brett Heineke, was a big Packers fan. Brett Heineke passed away in December 2011 due to a massive heart attack at the age of just 50. Uh, Just awful. And so Sunday's game figures to be an emotional game for Taylor Heineke, in addition to him trying to make it a bounce-back game. There's a lot going on for Taylor Heineke this Sunday at the Packers. Here was Heineke at his post-practice press conference on Wednesday on playing at the Packers. Yeah, I'm excited for it. It's a dream come true. Um, I've been there before as a player, but I was in street clothes when I was in Minnesota. Um, but to be actually on the field uh, competing, it's going to be a you know a dream come true. So I'm excited for the opportunity. And here was more from Heineke on having been a Packers fan. Yeah, I was. Um, you know, Brett Favre is the reason I started loving football, and um, you no, know, so I, I had. You know, many of his jerseys, and I remember watching the Packers game every Sunday with my dad, and during halftime, I would go out in the backyard and pretend like I was him and come back and watch the second half. So, um, again, it's, uh, it's, it's a really cool deal. And Brett Favre was number four. Heineke is number four with Washington. Here was Heineke on Wednesday on his dad. Yeah, uh, so I think about him, you know, us- you know, usually every day, but more so on game day, you know, when the when the national anthem's going, I, I really start thinking about all the people that have helped me get to this point and have kind of molded me into the person I am today. And he's the first one I think about. So, you know, whether it's him, my mom, you know, my best friends, trainers, coaches, stuff like that, I think about them all and I go out there and play for them. Um, so, um, you know, this week, obviously more so uh, being in, in Lambeau Field against Green Bay. Um, so, yeah, it, it might get a little emotional there at the beginning, but um, again, I'm just excited for this opportunity. Yeah, powerful stuff there from Taylor Heineke. And here's some even more powerful stuff. Heineke on Wednesday on what his dad would think about Taylor now being Washington's starting quarterback. Yeah, he'd be, he'd be really proud of me. You know, the, the, his biggest thing was after every game, he'd tell me how proud of he is of me and he'd give me a big hug he had a signature bear hug so um, I know he would be doing the same thing today um, but again more so this week I, I mean he would definitely be proud of the old Bud Light sponsorship as well you know he's a big beer drinker um, but uh, yeah he's he's gonna be there on Sunday and um, you know, he's, he'll, he'll crack one open and enjoy the game so uh, yeah I'm excited for it All right, so we, during Taylor Heineke's post-practice press conference on Wednesday, got that, which is great, and we also got a lot of football stuff. Uh, So Heineke's recent play, again, has not been good. Uh, He knows that. The team knows that. Way too many interceptable passes. He has been late on throws. He has made bad decisions on throws. Heineke on Wednesday on his recent performances. Yeah, you know, you kind of look the last two games, I feel like I've just been trying to be perfect and trying to make the the perfect read every play and um you know it it doesn't really allow me to be um who I am or you know allow me to be my best so um that's something that you know we've we've talked about and um you know I feel like you know we're kind of I don't want to say make a change but just have a different mentality going into every play um so um, you know, if the first, second read's not there, you know, let's make some things happen and, and, and go from there, but also be smart about it. 
So that right there to me is code for running more. Ron Rivera told Taylor Heineke to stop running so much in an effort to keep him healthy. Heineke's collegiate head coach, former Old Dominion head coach Bobby Wilder, revealed that to us on this podcast a few weeks ago, episode 160. Ron Rivera, at his day after the game Zoom press conference on Monday, admitted that maybe Heineke does need to run more. As we talked about on Tuesday's show, episode 169, Heineke has lost his mojo in recent weeks. He's not playing with the confidence that we had been seeing from him. And so it now sounds like the handcuffs on Heineke are, if not coming off, at least being loosened uh, just a bit. Taylor Heineke is at his best when he's running around and making plays. The guy is very good at off-schedule plays. Let him make the off-schedule plays. I know that there's risk in that, but there also is a proper balance that can be achieved. Heineke on Wednesday on trying to find the right balance between game manager and playmaker. Yeah, um, yeah. there's definitely a, a, a fine line there, and you just want to be smart about it. I think that's the biggest thing is you want to be yourself and play like yourself out there, but don't make the bad decision. And that's something you just have to keep on working every week. You know, I'm not making an excuse. Uh, I've, I have, I've only played, what, sorry, six games in the NFL. I'm still learning, but that's no excuse to throw the picks I've thrown. So um, I'm still learning. I'm still learning stuff about myself, uh, what I can and can't do. And um, just I come, out, I come here at the facility every day and try and get better and, and learn. So, um, you know, that's how I go about it. Yeah, Heineke is saying all the right things. He never comes off as defensive. He owns his mistakes. You love that. Bottom line, Washington's passing game needs to be better. Uh, Washington's passing game in the loss to the Chiefs was really bad. Heineke for the game threw for just 182 yards on 39 pass attempts. That works out to just 4.67 yards per pass attempt. Uh, Heineke in the second half had three completions for negative yardage. Okay, not all his fault. But consider this negative yardage completion. Washington's eighth offensive drive resulted in Dustin Hopkins' third quarter missed 42-yard field goal attempt. And boy, doesn't that play now take on new meaning. Sixth snap of the drive, Taylor Heineke had a third and two shotgun play action completion to Adam Humphreys on a screen for minus four yards. As Heineke threw low to Humphreys, Humphreys caught the ball while falling forward and then was immediately touched by safety and Virginia product Juan Thornhill for the tackle. Heineke on Wednesday on the things that he learned from the loss to the Chiefs that he wants to apply in this upcoming game at the Packers. Just try not be perfect. Um, you know, if, if that first read's there, take it, no matter what the, the coverage is. Um, and if, if not, let's, let's just keep going. Uh, make, maybe make a play and, and be smart about it. So um, I think the biggest thing is don't be perfect, don't overthink, just play football like you've done your whole life. Yeah, let's get that Taylor Heineke mojo back in full effect starting Sunday afternoon at the Packers. Up next, I'll talk Washington football team defense, including very significant comments from Ron Rivera on Wednesday on Landon Collins. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. 
they found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. All right, let's talk Washington football team defense. So whereas Washington's offense right now is really banged up, Washington's defense is not. Wednesday's injury report for this Sunday afternoon's game at the Green Bay Packers at one only featured two Washington defensive players, and each guy practiced just in limited fashion. Jonathan Allen was limited in practice on Wednesday due to a knee. William Jackson III was limited in practice on Wednesday due to a knee. Uh, There are 32 teams in this league that we call the National Football League. Washington through week six per football outsiders DVOA metric is 29th in the NFL in total defense, 28th in the NFL in pass defense, 12th in the NFL in run defense. Yes, the run defense really hasn't been that bad, but the pass defense has been abysmal and included in that is the third down defense. Washington through week six is dead last in the NFL in third down defense. Dead last in the NFL in opponents' third down efficiency at 57.8%. Washington's opponents this season have got a combined 52 of 90 on third downs. Washington in its 31-13 loss to the Kansas City Chiefs at FedEx Field this past Sunday afternoon allowed the Chiefs to go 11 of 17 on third downs. And Washington this Sunday will be playing at a Packers team with one of the best offenses in the NFL. The Packers through week six per DVOA are fifth in the NFL in total offense, sixth in the NFL in passing offense, seventh in the NFL in rushing offense. The Packers' Aaron Rodgers through week six is fifth among qualified quarterbacks in the NFL in ESPN's total QBR at 65.6. So for a second consecutive game, Washington is facing an elite quarterback and an elite offense. This Sunday's game is going to be another major test for Washington pass defense that has been terrible this season. And one of the worst players in the Washington secondary, maybe the worst player in the Washington secondary, has been Landon Collins. Uh, Landon Collins' overall grade for the season for Pro Football Focus is just 48.7. The PFF grades are on a scale of 0 to 100. Landon's grade is 48.7. Landon Collins, per sport radar this season, has been guilty of seven missed tackles. Landon Collins, per sport radar this season, has been filleted in pass coverage. Take a listen to this. Opposing quarterbacks this season when targeting players being defended by Landon Collins, are 18 for 29 for 318 yards. That's 11 yards per target. That's 17.7 yards per completion. Now, something we have started to see more of with Landon Collins is him playing more in the box. And personally, I don't get why this is being treated like some revelation. It has been known for years that Landon Collins is better as a box safety than he is in pass coverage. Why he is in pass coverage as much as he is, is a mystery to me. As you likely remember, there was talk during the offseason of Landon making a permanent move to linebacker. He did not, although as I pointed out during the offseason, just because you're not a linebacker in name doesn't mean that you can't be a linebacker in deployment. And sure enough, we have been seeing increased linebacker-like tendencies in the way that Landon is being used. Why we weren't seeing more of these tendencies sooner, I do not know. And understand that Landon still is in pass coverage quite a bit. It's not like Landon in pass coverage has been eradicated. If you watch the loss to the Chiefs, you know this. 
But Washington right now at most is playing like two linebackers per game in terms of significant defensive snaps. And so safeties are essentially being used as linebackers and Landon is one of those guys. And so take a listen to this from Ron Rivera at his post-practice press conference on Wednesday. Ron on Wednesday on the criticism of Landon Collins this season and the play of Landon Collins this season. Well, I think, you know, some, a lot of his perception, you know, and, and expectations. Um, but you, you watch the way he played last week. You watch the things that he did, his physicality, the, the, the plays he helped make in the game. Um, and as I said the other day, he has a good role. And, and the role we used him in is, I think, something we feel very strongly about his abilities. You know, he's a downhill attacking style of player, and, and we got to make sure we're putting him in position to have success for us. A great example was when they ran that reverse he was down in the box. He saw it coming. He got outside the contain, turned it back inside, and was part of the part of the pileup that helped create the takeaway. And, and and those are the things that you know he flashes and shows that he's capable of doing. That's why, you know, going into the last week's game, based on the matchups, we felt strongly about playing him up in the box. So did you notice what Ron said in the middle of that cut? Quote, he's a downhill attacking style of player. And we've got to make sure we're putting him in position to have success for us. End quote. A, downhill attacking style of player. But B, we've got to make sure we're putting him in position to have success for us. That latter part sounds to me like Ron is saying we haven't necessarily been using Landon in the best possible way. If, in fact, that is what Ron is saying, uh, that raises two questions. A, was that a shot from Ron at Jack Del Rio? And B, what the heck took so long to realize what we've all known for years now? Landon Collins isn't good in pass coverage. Again, this isn't some revelation. (laughs) This isn't breaking news. Then came this from Ron on Wednesday. His response to the question of whether he has had a conversation with Landon Collins on how he is used. And unfortunately, There is no audio of this from the Washington football team. Uh, The live feed of the press conference on the Washington football team's official Twitter account got cut off, and the video of the presser that was posted on the Washington football team's official website skipped over this part of the presser, presumably due to the technical difficulties. Although if you're a conspiracy theorist, uh, you have some ammunition here. But no, this uh, does seem to be the result of technical problems. I mean, the team has posted plenty of audio with controversial stuff before. And so all I have for you is this quote from Ron that was provided by the Washington football team. Again, this is Ron's response to the question of whether he has had a conversation with Landon Collins on how he is used. Quote, I did have a conversation with him about it, and he was very professional about it. He and I talked about it, and one of the things he expressed is he's a safety. He loves playing safety. One of the things I expressed to him is we really believe he's a downhill player. He's an impact guy attacking at the line of scrimmage. End quote. So Ron right there says that Landon sees himself as a safety. No surprise there. Landon made that very clear on social media during the offseason talk of Landon potentially moving to linebacker. But Ron also says of Landon, quote, we really believe he's a downhill player, end quote. Now, this got represented by the media on Wednesday as Ron having said that he believes that Landon is a downhill linebacker. Again, I have not heard the audio. I'm only going off of the quote that was provided from the Washington football team. The quote that was provided by the Washington football team says, quote, we really believe he's a downhill player, end quote. Ron doesn't say, at least according to the quote, we really believe he's a downhill linebacker. Technically, Ron did not say downhill linebacker. He said downhill player. Again, according to the quote, that the Washington football team provided. Maybe I'm splitting hairs here, but the point, I think, remains the same either way. Finally, mercifully, maybe, just maybe, Washington is going to use Landon Collins to the best of his abilities to whatever extent those abilities exist. And you know what? If his feelings are hurt, you know, if he's like, well, no, I'm a safety. I don't want to be a linebacker. Uh, Who cares? Okay, get over it, man. Okay, you're not good in pass coverage. We all see it. It's been the case for a while here. It's painful to watch. It's hurting the team. Washington's pass defense this season has been atrocious. Things need to change. 
You know, Washington in March 2019 signed Landon Collins to a six-year, $84 million free agent contract. Washington is paying Landon Collins $14 million per year. If Washington wants Landon to be more of a downhill player, then he needs to be more of a downhill player. Washington is only trying to get the best out of Landon Collins, and this is how he is at his best, again, to whatever extent his best is right now. And I think that's up for debate. Ron Rivera, at his day after the game Zoom press conference on Monday, said, quote, maybe I need to change my approach, end quote. We wondered what that meant. Well, we on Wednesday morning got Ron releasing Dustin Hopkins. I then tweeted, if Ron Rivera now is truly in the mood to make change, let's do Landon Collins next. And what I meant was for Ron to bench Landon Collins, not necessarily release Landon Collins, or at the very least address the Landon Collins situation in some meaningful way. Well, perhaps Ron now has done that, as he on Wednesday afternoon admitted publicly that Landon Collins is a downhill player, and Ron revealed that he has spoken to Landon about this. Again, what the heck took so long? Uh, But maybe just maybe some much-needed change is happening here with the Washington football team. One more thing from Ron from his post-practice press conference on Wednesday. Ron and if more change is coming for the Washington football team. What, what I'm going to do is continue to evaluate and see how things go. I mean, we've got, we've got some good football players, and I think we've got guys that have the ability, and we'll continue to work at that and see what happens. Change is in the air, and at least some of it is long overdue. Speaking of being long overdue, the Wizards being a good defensive team is long overdue. But how about the Wizards on Wednesday night? An outstanding defensive performance in their regular season opener. A 98-83 win at the Toronto Raptors. Yes, the Wizards in an NBA regular season game held the opposing team to 83 points. Who were? these Wizards. What was this thing called defense that the Wizards were playing? Look, this was one game. I'm not going to overreact to it, but off all of the talk of Wes Unsell Jr. getting the Wizards to be good defensively, we got that. At least in this first game, the Wizards played defense. They, in their first regular season game with Wes Unsell Jr., who is known, right, for being a very good defensive coach as head coach, were terrific defensively, albeit against the Raptors team That was without Pascal Siakam due to his recovery from a left shoulder injury. But keep in mind that the Wizards were without multiple key players. The Wizards were without Rui Hachimura off him having missed the start of Wizards training camp due to personal reasons. The Wizards were without Thomas Bryant as he continues to recover from a season-ending partially torn left ACL that was suffered this past January 9th. And so, yes, the Wizards were great defensively on Wednesday night. Wizards held the Raptors to just 83 points, including just 37 points in the first half. The Wizards held the Raptors to just 30.9% shooting, including just 7 of 34 on threes. The Wizards held Fred Van Vliet to 1 of 9 on threes. The Wizards totaled 14 steals and 8 blocks. And the Wizards won despite going just 5 of 27 on threes. Yeah, in a game in which the Wizards were woeful on threes, the Wizards won by 15 points. This was about as defensive of a win as you're going to get. I mean, three Wizards starters, Bradley Beal, Kyle Kuzma, and Kentavious Caldwell-Pope when it combined 4 of 20 on threes, and yet the Wizards ended up winning in comfortable fashion. Wizards never trailed after the first quarter, led by as many as 29 points, which was in the third quarter. Raptors did make a run in the fourth quarter, but the Wizards ended up winning by 15. Wes Unsell Jr. during his post-game press conference. You know, we started strong. We talked about having momentum. We knew from the start they were going to play with, you know, high energy, be very physical. We weathered the storm, made shots early. Um, We knew they were going to make a run. Obviously, this team is a team that doesn't quit. So we were able to do a better job of playing with poise and, uh, able to come away with it. Yes, you were. Bradley Beal went just one of six on threes, but also went six of 13 on twos, eight of eight on free throws, finished with 23 points, four steals, four assists, 
versus four turnovers, three rebounds, and a game-best plus-minus rating of plus 24 in 34 minutes, six seconds as a starter. But the star of the game for the Wizards was Montrez Harrell. Uh, he was awesome. Harrell, in just 25 minutes, 54 seconds off the bench, had 22 points on 9 of 11 shooting and 9 rebounds, including 3 offensive rebounds. Uh, This guy was everywhere. In fact, he got a technical foul for jawing at Drake. Yeah, Montrez Harrell in the second quarter got a technical foul for chirping at Drake, the rapper, the famous Raptors fan slash ambassador. Uh, Drake was sitting courtside, and Harold ended up jawing at Drake. How do you get a technical foul for talking to someone who isn't even playing in a game? I don't know that I've ever seen that before. But anyway, Harold got the tee in the second quarter. Uh, but Harold was so good. Harold had a great sequence in the second quarter. He, on the right block, outdid Kem Birch for an offensive rebound off a missed left corner three by Haul Neto. And then Harold, despite having two guys on him, somehow deposited a putback layup off the glass for a 50-32 Wizards lead. Uh, Harold had a cutting baseline dunk off a nice feed from Spencer Dinwiddie in the final seconds of the third quarter for an 81-56 Wizards lead. West Jr. during his postgame press conference on the energy that Harold provided in the win at the Raptors. It's contagious. Uh, it's infectious, and our guys feed off of it. Uh, I don't. He doesn't do it uh, for that purpose. That's just who he is. That's how he competes. Uh, so I think it's great. You know, we need those momentum plays when you know you have those lulls offensively. He's going to get you second possessions. He's going to make a play defensively for you. Um, it, it, those are impactful moments that can change the whole shift of a, of a quarter. Yeah, Montrez Harrell is a really good player. Harrell last regular season it was number thirteen among all qualified players in the NBA in true shooting percentage at 650. True shooting percentage is a shooting percentage that considers that a three is worth more than a two and accounts for free throws. Uh, Harrell last regular season was number 13 among qualified players in the NBA and offensive rebound percentage for basketball reference. Offensive rebound percentage is an estimate of the percentage of available offensive rebounds a player gets while on the floor. And Harrell has been one of the best bench players in the NBA. Harrell was the NBA's sixth man of the year for the 2019-2020 regular season. And Harrell came to the Wizards as one of just two players in the NBA to have averaged at least 10 points per game in each of the previous four regular seasons while having made no more than five starts in each of those regular seasons. Montrez Harrell was a force on Wednesday night was really nice to see that. Uh, some other notable individual performances for the Wizards. Spencer Dinwiddie, 4-10 on twos, 5-5 five five on free throws, finished with 13 points, 6 assists versus 3 turnovers and 4 rebounds and 26-09 as a starter. Remember, Dinwiddie is coming off a partially torn right ACL that he suffered last December 27th. Kyle Kuzma went just 2-9 on threes and committed 5 turnovers, but he also had 15 rebounds to go with 11 points, 3 assists, and a plus-minus rating of plus-22 and 34-38 as a starter. Daniel Gafford started, played for just 22 minutes, 6 seconds, but he had 8 points on 3-3 three of three shooting, 5 rebounds, 4 blocks, and 2 steals. Danny Avdia was good off the bench, 20-52 off the bench, had 8 points on 3-3 three of three shooting, 7 rebounds, 2 steals, and 2 blocks. Remember, Avdia is coming off a significant injury. He suffered a season-ending right ankle fracture. This past April 21st. Uh, some of the negatives, Davies Bertans, 0-3 on threes. No points, no rebounds, three fouls in 13-22 off the bench. And Corey Kispert was a DNPCD. Corey Kispert, who the Wizards took with the number 15 pick in the 2021 NBA draft out of Gonzaga, uh, did not play due to a coach's decision. So that's obviously something to monitor. But still, a great first game for the Wizards in this 2021-2022 regular season. Next up for the Wiz, home to the Indiana Pacers, Friday night at 7. All right, that will do it for you and me. But just for now, keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Friday show episode 172 will be a football Friday extravaganza. In-depth preview of the 2-4 and four Washington football team at the 5-1 and one Green Bay Packers on Sunday afternoon at 1, including the best of what Scott Turner and Jack Del Rio have to say during their post-practice press conferences on Thursday. And my rhyming keys 
for a Washington win. Also, I'll give you my Goldilocks for college football week eight. Picks against the spreads for Maryland, Minnesota, Virginia, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, Syracuse, and Navy, Cincinnati, and I'll post game the Capitals game on Thursday night at the New Jersey Devils at seven. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and I'll talk to you on Friday. Hopkins delivers. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.